Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Ellen. And you're listening to our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. This week, we are talking about Rule of Wolves by Lee Bardugo. This is the last book, second book, in the and last book, in the um, King of Scars duology, um, also sometimes referred to as the Nikolai duology, which I find very misleading because, like, yeah, Nikolai's in it, but, like, it's not just his duology, but whatever. Uh, I didn't name it. It's fine. <laughs> um, and so this book continues the stories of Nikolai, well, a lot of people, but primarily Nikolai, Zoya, and Nina. Um, war is upon them, and decisions need to be made. Um, that's a pretty good description, right? Yeah, I'd say that's a, <laughs> that's a good succinct description. Yeah, Perfect. love it. Because now I'm like, I don't All right. know. <laughs> and other stuff happens. I don't, I don't really know. Right? <laughs> so this is the point where we insert our spoiler alert. We will be talking in depth about the book, as well as potentially any of the other previously discussed mm-hmm. Grishaverse books from Lee Bardugo. So those include... The three of um, the Shadow and Bone trilogy. So Shadow and Bone, Siege and Storm, Rune and Rising. I don't know if I said those in the right order. You did. Um, And then the Six of Crows duology, which is Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. And then obviously, I'm sure we will also be talking about the first book in this series, which is King of Scars. So if you haven't read any of those... I would highly recommend reading all of them I know. before you read this oh, book. Especially um, this book. For your listening. Yeah. Any of the books, really. But yeah, especially yes, this Yes, for one. sure. Yeah, so we at Uniquely Portable Magic uh, stan Lee Bardugo's Grishaverse Hardcore. Oh. Um, and if you don't care about spoilers, then, you know, just keep listening. But I don't know if we even really want. No, of course we want want them. We just don't understand them. I'm Um, totally kidding. That was heavy sarcasm. uh You couldn't tell. Was it? No. Um, Oh my gosh, Alex, I just feel like we have so much to talk about yet again. Surprise to hopefully no one. Um, I have a lot of feelings. Um, (laughs) Um... and I don't really know what to do with any of them. <sighs> For anyone Sorry, who can't should, see me, I'm just like sitting here like almost in tears yet again. Um, what do you say to getting started? Let's do it. Insert eye wiggles here. Okay, so Alex. Yes. Did you have a favorite character? And was it Nikolai? <laughs> So, kind of. Mm. Um, can I say my favorite character is Nikolai Zoyanina? Um, yes, because I'm pretty sure <laughs> if you don't remember, those were my three favorite characters in the in the first book in the series. So, yeah, I couldn't decide between the three of them. <laughs> I know that basically that is this book, is those three characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the points. Well, there's also Mayu or Mayu's 
point of view mm-hmm. thrown in there a couple of times, but well it's some, mostly a some with the Darkling. Oh, some I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. so we get those two points of view, but it's mostly yeah. Nina, Nikolai, and Zoya's points of view. That's okay. Um, that was literally the whole last book was basically for sure just their chapters also, and they were my three favorites, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I I could choose a favorite character last book, but not this book. Um, so, okay. yeah, all of them. I heart all of them. <laughs> And I heart the romantic relationships that ended up occurring in. Okay, I do. Okay, I really do too. But also, I have so many feelings. Yes, we can discuss those okay. later. Okay. Okay. Thanks. I okay. appreciate it. Mm-hmm. This is a safe space for all feelings to be shared. Thank you. And I have a lot of them, mm-hmm. so just just I know. Let's just get those out there. Um. <laughs> what about so, you? Did you have different favorite pick. characters no. from last time? I have three. Time? Oh, okay. <laughs> I have three. They're still this, all the same three. Um, uh-huh. I love all of them for all of the reasons I love them in the last book. It's just even more in this one. And um, this feels funny to say, but it's like picking children. Like, you can't, like, make me pick one. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make me do it, Alex. <laughs> Even if someone held a gun to your head? I don't think so. I think I'd be like, (laughs) okay, this is the end. Well, no. Okay. If someone held a gun to my head. (sighs) Well, see, that's the thing, right? Because I was going to say Nina because she's been my favorite character for Uh four books. But then so has Nikolai. Like... You know, he's been my favorite character, at least one of my favorite characters in all the books he's primarily been in since he was introduced, you know? So, like, Mm -hmm. I, at the very least, I couldn't pick between the two of them, even with a gun to my head. So, I guess guess I'm dying. (laughs) I'll be at your funeral. Okay, thanks. (laughs) I'll give Uh, your eulogy. Thank you. Make it good. I'll try. Um, and funny and witty and, you know, you have to live mm-hmm. up to mm-hmm. my memory. Um, Those are high expectations. I'm already feeling the pressure. Well, then don't let me get shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you have a favorite part? Not what. Did you have a favorite part? I did have a favorite part. Okay. I really enjoyed the final battle scenes mm-hmm. for many reasons because... It was so awesome. There were so many parts of it that I didn't see coming at all. And, but the reason why I really think it was my favorite part is because finally all of the storylines converged. Mm-hmm. And they did so in such an epic way. Yeah. And because I think one of the reasons why I really liked the Six of Crows duology is because even though we had different POVs, it was still all the same action because they were all the six of them were all together most mm-hmm. of the time. So we were just getting like different perspectives of the same action. Especially in Whereas, Six of Crows itself versus right King, versus Kingdom. in this duology, yeah. we're getting different POVs, but it's completely you know they're all over the this world that's created in different you know countries and 
So it's not the same. So then when we get that similar, like, Mm -hmm. really different points of view of the same event, it was just really cool. And it's a great, like, culmination of um, all of the different stories and characters. Yeah. (sighs) So that was mine. Have you come up with one? Yeah, right? So everyone, right before we started doing this, I came to the realization that I hadn't picked a favorite part yet. And um, I think I, not to be like, yet again, my answer is pretty much the same as yours, but I think mine's, because I was like, well, my favorite part is when Zoya turned into the dragon. And I was like, well, but then it was also like her turning into the dragon and then her getting to the battlefield and then the rescued Kurgard showing up and like it was it was all of it like it was just mm-hmm. um I think also part of it for me for a lot of this, you know it was my favorite for a lot of the same reasons that you were mentioning it was like the culmination of everything it's what we were all waiting for but for me <laughs> I felt so helpless right I'm watching this unfold I'm watching um Nikolai almost dying I'm watching like Nina almost dying like and I'm like, I can't do, I can't do anything. Like, <laughs> I'm just a reader. Like, I can't, as much as I would love to, also I would be useless if I did actually have the ability to do this. But, like, I can't jump into the book and say, like, I can't help, you know? Mm-hmm. And as someone who likes to help people, that's really <laughs> difficult. Um, so I think also for me, it was also my favorite because the help was coming and I was like, okay, we got this. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, you could see, really, you could see, or you just mean, like, once we knew the different players were coming to the battlefield. Because, like, at first... Oh, once we knew. No. They're in the battle, yeah. And you, like, think that he's gonna... Yeah, okay. Can I tell you? I literally have a note in here that I, that, like, um, that was, like, what does it say? It literally says, in all capital letters, because I'm not dramatic at all, um, I said, for fuck's sake, if Nikolai dies, I will not read another fucking page. (laughs) And I meant it. Like, let me tell you, if he would have died, you would have gotten a text message from me, and I would have been like, I am not reading another emming (laughs) page of this book. Um, Um... yeah, so yeah. at that point That's in time... how I felt about Matthias. Um... I had felt almost that much about Matthias, but then now, and then, but now reading these two books, knowing that Lee Bardugo is not afraid to kill off a main character, I was like, no. You even no. more terrified. Like, I can't, like, I can't, like, I was like... <laughs> Because at that point in time, before he actually died, even after we knew he got shot, I was like, they're going to, they're going to, something's, they're going to save him. It's going to be fine. It's going to, like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. talking myself through it. Um, and even after he was dead, <laughs> there was a little while where I was like, I don't know how, but they're going to figure. Not, he's not really dead. <laughs> like, he's, it's, no, I'm misinterpreting this situation. <laughs> I actually or... don't know how to read at all. <laughs> um so, you know, for me, now knowing that she is not afraid to kill them and leave them dead, um, I was 
I was, no. <laughs> Not, no, no, no. Um, so. Makes sense. I wish I could have said I could see some of this stuff happening. I had one prediction that I don't know if, 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 if you're okay it's with it? even been confirmed. I feel like it has, but and we can talk about it, obviously, once we get past our favorites and stuff like that. But uh, um, this book was very um, uh, prediction-free for me. I think I was just too into it. Like, I couldn't even mm. think mm-hmm. ahead too much. Like, I had to be, like, right in it. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Oh. Yeah, I don't know that I had any inklings either. Um, or, like, my inkling didn't make sense at all, I think. Okay, I'm super excited to hear yeah. that now. I'm really <laughs> excited about that one. Um, okay, so uh, did you have a favorite quote or multiple? Yeah, so I had... Three favorite quotes. Oh my god, are we like twinsies? Always, always. We look exactly the same. We think exactly the same. It's, yeah. Perfect. It's not surprising that people confuse us on a daily basis for the other. (laughs) Even people at work, they're like, oh, Alex. And I'm like, yeah, you've never met her, but sure. (laughs) Yeah. I can totally pass off as her. I understand why you're addressing me as the, with the wrong name. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Fine. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready to hear your quotes. Okay, so the first one is a Nina chapter, and this is when um, she gets called in by the queen for the first time. Okay. And she. Um, Basically is planting all these seeds, trying to, you know, herd people in certain directions. And she uses the help of the dead to talk about um, the queen's past miscarriages Mm -hmm. and um, trying to get her to think that Grisha are not bad, basically. Right. Right. Um, And... She remembers a line of one of the saints' stories from a children's book. And that line is, You can choose faith or you can choose fear, but only one will bring you what you long for. Mm. Yeah, which, like, to me... Oh! Oh my god, sorry, I just dropped my phone, which... (laughs) Ellen and I are FaceTiming, um, so that's fine. (laughs) Everything's good. Everything's fine. I didn't know you took up diving as a as a sport here. Oh my god! I literally think I scared myself. <laughs> just my my flight or flight ref, my fight or flight reflexes. I always just did go you, into such like. Did you just say? Did you just say flight or flight? I think you had a little Freudian yep. slip. I think you were like my flight or flight. <laughs> I think you're right. Yes. Okay, note to self, Alex does not have a fight instinct, got it? (laughs) Literally, though, because every time, like, I just, like, jump to the ceiling, like, anytime something small happens. Well, you know, we were saying how I'm panicky. It just, like, it just, oh, God, okay. (laughs) It's endearing, though, I promise. Uh, So after I've just scared myself by 
dropping my phone because <laughs> we have so many cords. I didn't scare myself. I startled myself enough that that I like had an internal freak out. It's okay. fine. Nothing wrong over here. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> Uh, okay, so my next two quotes are actually on the same page mm. when Zoya is having her, like, revelatory moments. Is that a word? Sure. Okay, when she's um, talking to the apparat to try to save Nina and she comes to her realization Oh, no, I wonder if one thing. of these is the same as mine. Uh-oh. Okay, Uh-oh. go ahead. Well, that'll be good, because then I can talk about it, and then you can say, if it is the same, why you loved it so much, yeah. too. So, Okay, so, my first one is, um, she's remembering something that Genya told her, mm-hmm. which is, you push us away, keep us at arm's distance, so that you won't mourn us, but you'll mourn us anyways. That's the way love works. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, I didn't even explain why I loved the first quote. I just realized because I got distracted by accidentally flinging my phone. Uh, Okay. Um, Anyways, back to the first quote. (laughs) Wow, this is going really well. Uh, This is a quality production that we put on here. (laughs) Yes. This is literally life with Alex. Like, I just... You know this. Yeah. I feel like I've be been another, in like... It could be another new podcast that we start. It's just Life with Alex and I just get to sit here and you just go about your day. Yeah. I, I feel like I've just... I've been in like peak form recently. Every time we've been together, mm-hmm. it's been really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think probably... Let's, let's blame it on this. Like we didn't get to see each other basically for like a year thanks to COVID. Uh-huh. And now that we get to see each other again... I just do even more dumb shit than I normally do. You're just making up for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Sure, let's go with that. You know, just got to make up for lost time, you know? So, mm, mm-hmm. so unfortunately for you, you've got a year's worth of <laughs> oh, Alexing shit. to do. Okay. <laughs> mm. um, okay, so back to that first quote mm-hmm. about fear and faith. Which really hit me because I've been really working a lot with a therapist recently on, like, not living my life in fear. Because recognizing that there's a lot of things I do out of fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And the irony is, is, and exactly like this is saying, like, you're afraid of something so... um, whatever it is, like, keeps happening if you're trying to, like, make a change in your life, but you still have fear or doubt, um, it's not going to change. But once you have faith in something, that's mm-hmm. when, like, the change can actually occur. Yeah. But you, it's so hard to have that faith without having that change, you know, mm-hmm. that example of something already occurring. Um so, like, it's such a hard thing to make happen. Yeah. So, I was just like, yep, that's, 
that's what I'm working on right now. Yeah. Thanks, Lee Bardugo, for just <laughs> bringing up my struggles. Always appreciated. Um. Anyways, back to this other quote with Zoya uh, recognizing that love is, like, the thing that she's been avoiding and pushing away and the reason she hasn't been able to, like, access her full Grisha badassness. Um, it's also kind of, that is also very similar to, or I guess along the lines of that first quote is the fear of losing people. So you don't even like, you just push them away because you're so afraid of that. Right. Um, yeah, I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> Yeah, so... Um, I mean, doesn't everybody have that to a, at least a small extent? Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much Absolutely. as old Zoya and I, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, didn't you say that I'm more like Zoya? Well, yeah, but in this particular instance, like, in, in that instance of pushing people or keeping people at a distance... So you don't lose them again. At least in that particular instance, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I'm probably a little bit more like Zoya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyways, but also for... you know all the times that you turn into dragons and stuff. That's definitely you know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's totally what you see. Mm-hmm. In terms of our our resemblance <laughs> to each other, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My eyes just went silver. In case you missed it, <laughs> I totally definitely saw it. The dragon is coming out. Um. Anyways, <laughs> back to <laughs> oh, tangent city. Mm-hmm. Back to favorite quotes. Yeah. So this is like her big, like mm. revelatory. I think. It, again, I think we've got the same. Unclear. One. Yeah. That 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 this is actually a word, but this is her big revelation. This is what love does. In the stories, love healed your wounds, fixed what was broken, allowed you to go on. But love wasn't a spell, some kind of benediction to be whispered, a balm or a cure-all. It was a single, fragile thread, which grew stronger through connection, through shared hardship, and honored trust. Zoya's mother had been wrong. It wasn't love that had ruined her, it was the death of it. She'd believed that love would do the work of living... She'd let the thread fray and snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just such a great way to describe love. Um, such a great way to think about life and how, like, you can't just assume that you're going to find love and be able to keep it like you have to like what was the end part of the quote um that lost the page that she believed that love would do the work of living right like that relationships you still have to nurture them you Mm -hmm. have to you can't just not do anything or expect to still find love when if you're treating someone terribly or you know whatever the situation is 
love is an amazing thing, but there's also like effort and intention behind the relationships that you build Mm -hmm. in your life. Right. Yeah. So I just, I thought it was beautiful. And I was like, yes, yes. Love is, love is love. Love is love. Yes. Um, Was that one of your favorite quotes too? Yes. Um, And um, I liked it for all the same reasons you did. And then I also, um, you know, it's just, um, I liked the idea of love being a thread um and not even like so there's of course the part where it says like it was a single fragile thread which grew stronger through connection through shared hardship and honored trust and i loved that but i also loved the idea because like thread obviously is used to sew things together or weave things to you know like whatever Mm -hmm. we're thinking about um and so i also kind of love the idea that love was is what holds everything together. Yes, it's you know? like the fabric of the world. Right, exactly. Right, it, like it's you weave your people's lives together exactly. through love. Like that's how yeah, um, connections blossom. And and I and I and I like the idea that it wasn't also just like it's not just romantic love, right? It's just love in every mm-hmm. sense of the word of love. Um so, yeah, I liked that a lot too. Um, so mm. my other two favorite quotes. <clears throat> so my first one comes when Nikolai has gone to Mayu um, and um, he's trying to convince her to sort of help him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and is also talking to her about like her trying to save her brother. Right. Like it's sort of the first glimpse we get into her story. Like really into her story um, a little bit. It is a Nikolai chapter, but, like, you know, she tells him at least a little bit of, mm-hmm. of what's going on. Um, and uh, he says to her, maybe the gift of being human is that we do not give up even when all hope is lost. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing to remember. Um, oh yeah. And as someone, uh, who, I sometimes lose my way with this belief, I think, but, um, I truly do believe that at the base level of everything, humanity is good, right? And we certainly have outliers and we certainly hear more about the not good, um, but sort of for me, I think it's also I have to believe it, right? Because who wants to live in a world where they believe that the majority of the people are mm-hmm. not good? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to believe that. I, <laughs> I'm i in a very questioning phase these days. Yeah. See, that's the thing, right? Is like, I, as, I've, as I've said, like, I don't all, you know, I, I know I don't always feel that way. Um, but I like to return to it. And I, and I like to believe that... sort of the 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 baseline is good (laughs) whether Mm -hmm. you know and it doesn't mean that everybody always makes good decisions and that there aren't outliers and that you know it's all the things that we've talked about before right good people can make bad decisions like but I have to believe that (laughs) 
at its basest level, um, humanity is good. Um, and I just loved the reminder of sort of the resiliency of the human spirit and, and humanity and, um, and we kind of don't give up for good or for bad. We don't, we don't, you know, like, (laughs) um, and I just loved that. So, um, so that was one of the quotes that I loved. And then the other one, um, so Zoya and Genya have learned that the apparat has Nina and Genya is trying to get Zoya not to be foolish um, mm-hmm. and Zoya is not going to have it. She's going after Nina. And um, Genya says something about the apparat, like you're walking into his trap or something like that. Like he knows that you're going to do this. And then my favorite quote says, now the dragon inside her bared its teeth and Zoya smiled. He doesn't know anything about me, but he's going to learn. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yes, he is. I was like, go get him. And of course, um, for those of you following along at home, if you haven't picked up on it, the main reason that it was one of my favorites is that it falls into one of my favorite, favorite quote categories of mm-hmm. um, a badass female protagonist. And I, and I don't know if this is a fully, like, realizing her power, but, like, kind of realizing her power. Mm-hmm. And, and she knows that she, she's not going to let anything stop her until she gets Nina back to her. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, those are my favorites. Because, um, of course, my third one was your third one. Yeah. I love that you're drinking water today instead of soda. <laughs> it's because I only had one cold soda left and I um, haven't had dinner yet, so I wanted to drink the soda with dinner. <laughs> oh, okay, so it wasn't, oh, I'm just, you know, drinking more water these days, which I know you are, actually. I am also doing that, um, yes, yes, but um, no, it's because I only had one cold soda left. So. You have to ration, I yeah. see, I see. <laughs> Let's not get too crazy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I did stand in front of the fridge, though, like, do I take it now? Do I wait until I have dinner? I don't know. Um, So it won out that I wanted it with dinner time, so. Uh Okay. Alex Isaacson. Ellen Coughlin. Are you ready to talk about the, as of right now, last book in the Grishaverse? Uh. <laughs> nah, well, I think we can just stop the podcast done. right it here. Good, it's it's fine. Good episode. Good try. We tried it. Yeah. Oh my Cut. gosh. <laughs> this is it. Thank mm. you, everyone, for joining us. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to bear our feelings. Not that we haven't done that already. In this I know, right? <laughs> okay. So really quick. Mm-hmm. One of my first notes, and I just. Okay, so it's in a, I think it's in a Nikolai chapter, and it's one of his first ones, and he gets on his horse, 
and his horse's name is Punchline. And I'm like, of course, Nikolai would have a horse and name it Punchline. Like, I... Ugh, he is such a great character. <laughs> I, I love him so much. so hard. I was like, of course he has a horse named Punchline. And of course he's got, like, bigger and better horses, but that's the one that he wants to ride. Like, oh, just, like, chef's kiss. I just was like... Oh my god, that was so great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my first note, I literally wrote, who, what, where, when, why, how? Mm, okay. Yeah, what do you think I was talking about? What page was it on? I don't have page numbers for oh, my notes. Then I have n- absolutely zero clues. Wait, you can't read my mind? You don't know what I'm thinking? Okay, hold on, let me see. No. Got anything yet? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> uh, talking about this, the, like, shadow fold thing that came in mm. and is destroying mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, because we get that initial chapter with right, right. the shoe queen and then all of a sudden this, like, thing comes in and mm-hmm. kills her heir and decimates the the people and land and everything in its path and then it just like stops and Mm -hmm. then we find out that that's happening all across the world in all the different countries and it's very similar to the shadow fold in that it leaves nothing behind yeah um but it like moves on its own accord yeah so i was literally like when we i think or was that uh prologue or just like the first chapter or whatever yeah. is the is that how and that's how it opens and I was just like what the fuck is this like what's happening right how is this happening who's doing this like hence the who what where when hi why how <laughs> so yeah I I think that was one of my first and last notes. And maybe you can help me, and part of this might be because I read this book in chunks with a decent amount of time in between, that I don't know if it's just that, or my memory's terrible, or if it wasn't ever... <laughs> or both. I mean, we know we know this about me, my memory is shot. Um, but did we ever actually know, like, was it for sure confirmed what that like blight or vampire or whatever it was called multiple things by multiple people actually is where it came from like what caused it or is it only ever implied or no we find out it's it's just like a continuation of the fold and that's why the darkling had to hold the two worlds together but why was it a continuation of the fold because like, the fold why itself happened because the fold itself was gone, and the but the power had to go somewhere. You can't just erase that much power. Like, it has to go someplace. Oh. That's what I assumed, at least. I don't know. See, I didn't make that assumption. I didn't make that connection. <laughs> but now you're making me think that I should have. It's like the... It's the, it's the Newton's law, right? Like, energy doesn't go away it just transfers i don't that's not that's not how it's actually like (laughs) phrased but it's that idea right like Mm -hmm. 
I don't, okay. know, if, I don't even know if that's Newton's law. It, I think I learned it at in science one, one time. <laughs> um, okay, I, I guess I see that. But was it, like, ever explicitly spelled out to us? Maybe? I don't know. That, like... Yeah, I think so. At the end, I think that they say, basically, that it was... Like, I know that they said that, like, to stop it, they have to do, you know, whatever they did of putting something through the heart to hold whatever the world's... I don't remember all the details, which is odd, because I literally just finished this, so it's it's fine. Not today, but recently enough that I should remember the end of the the, book. But that's the thing, right, is that I I guess that's where I really assumed that it was connected, because they were like, it'll stop when we do this, but then also then the fold started blooming again, and things started growing there again. So, like, I just assumed that it was Mm. all related. Mm -hmm. They stopped the blight because it was just a continuation of the fold. I don't know. Okay. You know what they say about assuming, don't do it, but. <laughs> I mean, that's not the saying, but yes. Um, that's okay. what I like to, that's that... what I like to say to people. Cause of course everybody means to be like, it makes an ass out of you and me. And I'm like, you know what they say about assuming? <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> and then usually people uh... are like, oh, well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that. I guess clears things up for me. Because, yeah, that was, yeah, my first question was, like, what is this? And then my final question was, wait, what is this? (laughs) Basically asking the same thing. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for spelling it out for me. I'm very wise and I know everything. That you are. Wise woman. That's me. Um, Okay. So... There's a moment at the beginning of the book, and it's a Nina chapter, and it's the chapter where they are watching the, um, or they're at that little, like, fair or whatever, and, like, um, it's, like, she and then the brooms are they're like at the fair or whatever and that's where they see uh-huh. the yeah um little skit or whatever um and mm-hmm. nina has this moment um so it says um so she's sort of she's talking about she's watching y'all yarl that's a hard word to say um at least out loud in my head it, it was very easy to say um she's watching yarl broom uh like shake a vendor's hand and she's like watching him be human kind of and she has this moment where she's like i um have fought this man like it's weird to see him doing normal everyday things because i've only ever known him as this like (laughs) which he is this horrible human being and like all of this stuff and um She's thinking about how she had scalped, you know, him and (laughs) caused that big scar on his head and all of that stuff. And then she has this moment where she, um, it says, uh, Matthias had pleaded for mercy for his people, for the man who had been a second father to him. Nina still wasn't sure if she'd done the right thing by granting it. If she had killed Broom, she would never have met Hannah. She might never have come back to Fyrda. Matthias might still be alive. When she thought too much about the past, she got lost in it. In all the things that might have been. And she couldn't afford that. 
And I, when I read that, was like, okay, Lee Bardugo, thank you for being like, psst, Ellen. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are you speaking directly to me here? Because that's how it feels. I mean, because how easy is it, right, to sink into like, oh, what, maybe things would have been different if I would have done this. And, and instead of looking at what you can do now to change the future, it's so easy to be like, well, if I only had done this and this wouldn't have happened and this wouldn't have happened. And like, yes. I just like reading that just made me think of all the times that I have just like rabbit holed, right? Like just like spiraled mm-hmm. and spiraled. And it just turns into like an angry shame spiral. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Bemoaning, bemoaning both the past and present. Yeah where you can't change and already and already deciding what the future is going to be right like Mm -hmm. you know um but then also as an other side note i was like hey yeah if you had killed him probably matthias would still be alive (laughs) (laughs) so it was a little bit of okay lee bardugo i hear you i'll try to be better about it but also but then also blaming like Nope, not, I wasn't mad at Nina. I was mad at Matthias, right? Because he's she would have done it. Like she didn't stop herself, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so. probably not good to be mad at a, a dead fictional character, though. I mean, YOLO. <laughs> I don't know if that. I don't know if that really counts as a as a YOLO, but whatever. Also, is that even a thing that people say anymore? <laughs> I'm people. I say it, so mm-hmm. I say yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I don't remember when I had this thought. I think it wasn't actually when I was physically reading a book. this book. I think it was... When I was just, you know, off doing whatever and then was still, like, in the process of reading it. Like, hadn't finished reading the book, but wasn't actually, like, physically reading the book when I had this thought. Um, But one of the big problems of this duology is... That that it's done? (laughs) Sorry, what? Go ahead. is (laughs) Is that Ravka doesn't have any money so they don't have the money to support their armies to be able to defend themselves and that's i'm like can i venmo you (laughs) and that's a big you know um part of the conflicts that occur it's a big motivation for decisions and i had the realization again sometime not when i was it wasn't like a specific thing that i read that triggered this thought right of nikolai in the Shadow and Bone trilogy, I distinctly remember him saying he's super rich. Like, remember when Alina was asking, like, how can you, like, how do you make all of these, like, flying inventions and things like that? And he's like, I'll tell you a secret. It's because I'm super rich. And then he's like, no, really. Like, I'm really, 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 really rich. But, like, do we do we think that that was before the civil war like a lot has happened since he said i'm really 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 rich like right but how did he lose all of that money well they had a whole war (laughs) 
then he had to be king and he had to rebuild and he had to so what he spent all of his personal wealth that seems like the civil war that sounds like the nikolai that we know and love doesn't it like hmm it just seems suspicious to me that all of that money could be Yes, oh. I shouldn't say gone so quickly because a war it's been like four years. Like <laughs> requires funding, um, and it's two wars now, right? Like it's yeah, that's you know. true. Okay, well, I guess my outrage has vanished in your because it does. It definitely thinking, doesn't sound like whatever. our Nikolai to be like, oh, my country is poor. I'm gonna go roll around in all my gold. You know, like uh huh. We know Nikolai yeah. better than that. Um, speaking of Nikolai, so. right? So one of the big things in this book is that he is not Nikolai Lantzoff, right? He, we, mm-hmm. um, it was pretty much confirmed in the Shadow and Bone trilogy, right? When he exiles his parents, his mom pretty much confirms it to him. Um, right. And... Um, What I kind of loved, especially in this book about it, was that, like, he had so, like, (laughs) he had so many reactions to, like, people calling him a bastard in previous books, right? Like, understandably, he was hurt in a lot of books, um, especially before he knew it was true. And I think sort of learning that it was true was also, like, freeing for him, right? To, like, um, also to know that he's not related to the horrible previous king. Um, But um, in one particular part, um, there, I don't know where they are, but Nikolai is um, somewhere. And um, (laughs) I don't, I don't even remember. Cause I also did what you did where I read this book in two chunks and this is in the first part. Um, he's at some town. Oh, he's at some town and there's a whole bunch of Suli wagons and he's seeing that they're being like driven out of the town basically. Mm-hmm. And he shows up and he's like, whoa, like that's not okay. Like they get to be where they right. want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, he says, I'm Ravka's king. The count holds these lands at my discretion. I say these people are welcome here and under my protection. And then, I don't know, the butcher is like, so says the bastard king, right? And then everybody just mm-hmm. gets, like, deathly silent. Because, <laughs> of course, especially in this circumstance, but in most circumstances, you look to the ruler, whether it's, you know, a king or a queen or whatever, to, especially when a slight like that happens. You look to them to see how you have to react. Are they going to laugh it off? Are they going to ignore it? Are they going to scream off with their head you know like right like what's gonna happen um and then it's really funny because it's like a hush fell and then it's like zoya clenched her fists and thunder rolled over the fields like zoya's ready like she's ready to fight um and but nicola's like i'm sorry i'm sorry could you repeat that (laughs) like and then the butcher's like oh shit like (laughs) he heard me and but he says it again right and i'm like brave and super dumb like this reminds me of like in elf when he's like 
Hey, call me. Call me, <laughs> call me an elf one more time. One more time. He's like, ooh, he's an angry elf. <laughs> but I'm like, Ugh. you literally had an out, right? Like, he was giving you a chance to be like, oh, I said um, the fish are dead. I don't know. That doesn't even sound like the bastard king or whatever, but whatever. Um, and then the butcher says it again. Um, but I liked that at least outwardly, Nikolai was not going to let anybody see that he was affected by it. So then when the butcher repeats it, he says, I said, you are a bastard and not fit to sit on that fancy horse. And so Nikolai just ignores him. And he's like, did you hear that punchline? He called you fancy. (laughs) Um, but I think it's an interesting tactic, right? So like, is it smart or is it just hurtful? I don't know. Like, is it smart? I feel like it's smart, but then maybe I'm like, is it just my not always uh, right thinking noggin thinking it's smart? Like, if you pretend that it doesn't hurt you <laughs> for long enough, does it stop hurting you? Or are you just hurting yourself more by pretending it doesn't hurt? Mm. Right? Because mm-hmm. um, my first reaction was smart. Like, just pretend it doesn't hurt and eventually it won't. But then I was like, yeah, I don't know the psychology behind that to know. Well, then I'm going to just go with mine. and Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe your dad would know. We could it's ask true. him. It's true. Phone a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I have some very funny notes. In... Okay. Okay. First of all, so remember when the well mother shows up at the broom's house? Oh my god! I the chapter out so and the much. chapter ends with her being like, "Hello, Nina," and I was like, "Fuck!" Right? <laughs> I was like, right? I, was, "I was like, her cover's been blown. How do I <laughs> like?" She's how do gonna... I extricate her from this situation? Right. I know. I'm like, how do I save her? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we find out that she's part of the Ringsa, um, and she has successfully planted herself um, in a, a pretty for, fortuitous station. Um, but yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was ready to like call in the troops, like. We got to get Nina out of there. <laughs> I know. And it happened so early on in the book. Right. Too. Right. And, and then I was like, I went on to a big spiral. I was like, are we going to be like, they're not going to get to her in time. Like, I was like, oh, we're going to have to read chapters of her getting like tortured. And like, I was like, mm-hmm. I can't. I was like, I can't do this. I can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. So while luckily that didn't happen we still had a battle within the first hundred pages of this book which we shouldn't have been like such a lee bardugo that's so lee bardugo Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it was it was great but also like it definitely wears on your emotions to like have to 
already go through something so big so quickly Mm -hmm. into the book. That's just, like, a little exhausting. Okay, but how much did you love? So, it happens on page, like, 65 of the hardcover book for anybody Mm -hmm. who... I like to picture, this is so ridiculous, like, for the people who do listen to our podcast, I like to picture that they sit there with the book in their hand, and they're like, let's talk about it. Of course they don't. (laughs) Of course they don't, but I like to um, picture that. So, Mm -hmm. everyone turn to page 65 in the hardcover version. Um, And um, they are... um, Um, it's the assassination attempt, right? Like, and I think it's right before that first battle, right? They have the two assassins. There's one, they think they've got it, and there's a second one, right? And then um, he, the second one says that the false saints will be punished, right? And Zoya is like, who sent you like what's going like false saints like what the hell are you talking about and then he calls her sancta zoya right and um (laughs) she immediately knows that because nina has been trying to make sure that fjordans at least in smaller towns are starting to see the grisha as saints and not witches and so immediately she's like Oh, of course I know who's doing this. And so she says, damn Nina Zenek, right? It's the ending of her chapter. And then what I cackled at is that the beginning of Nikolai's following chapter starts with, bless Nina Zenek. <laughs> because she was able to send them the information right. um, ahead of time. <laughs> but I just loved <laughs> that it was like, Damn Nina Zenek. And then immediately the next sentence we read is, bless Nina Zenek. Mm-hmm. yeah. The comedic timing in this book. I know. These are so funny. Like, how do we get to be that funny? Like, what do we have to um, do? I think it's just you read a book that has a lot of comedy in it, and mm-hmm. then because mm-hmm. of that, it just turns out that, like, all the characters are just, should be comedians. Like, that should be their, uh, the way that they make their living instead of, you know, being generals and kings and right. spies and stuff. Yeah. Okay. It's so. super unrealistic, but, you know, everything about mm-hmm. media and pop culture makes it's not all 100% accurate. accurate? Shoot. I know. I know. Weren't we just talking the other day about what show or movie were you watching about high schoolers and you found out that one of them was being played by a 30-year-old? Oh, and then, I was... Yeah. I mean, don't worry. The show is still fantastic and I do recommend everybody watch it. It's called Never Have I Ever. It's on Netflix. It's written at least in part by Mindy Kaling. I think there's more people, but I don't know all of their names. Um, And one of the guys is played by a Um, 30-year-old. And so, of course, our expectations aren't realistic. And they haven't been realistic for forever, right? Because teenagers get to look at fully grown humans and be like, why don't I look like that? 
And it's like, well, because you're not a fully grown human yet, you've got, you know, you got some bacon left to do. Bake. <laughs> Sorry. To clarify, that was baking, not bacon. Um, but also bacon. Um, except for Alex doesn't like bacon. And I don't, I think that might just, I don't know. Blue bacon. Maybe if I, you're not going to win that fight, just as a quick side note. <laughs> like, if you think you're going to rally people to your side, I hate to break it to you, but I think mm. I can, I think I will be able to find more bacon lovers than <laughs> you will be able to find bacon haters. Yeah. I think this is obviously the reason why I am not married yet. <laughs> because you don't like bacon? <laughs> yes. No one wants to marry you a bacon hater. <laughs> oh, you solved it. Uh, yep. What if we do some, like, conversion therapy? Like, I'll just mm, force feed mm-hmm. you bacon, but then, like, show you a TV show you really like afterwards. Or, like, you know, and so, like, you just, your brain starts associating bacon with things that you like. And then you'll like it. What do you think? Oh, that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, one of my friend's dads recommended I get a a pillowcase that smelled like bacon. <laughs> so he's like, I should give this to you as a gift. <laughs> I did not know that that was even a thing. So me neither until he told me. And I was yeah. like, mm, thanks, but no thanks. I'm I'm okay. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so probably we should get back to the book. <laughs> or we can just keep talking about bacon. I mean, I'm also really okay with that. But since you don't particularly like bacon, I feel like that conversation might be a little one-sided. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about other meats that I like. Steak? But yeah, no, not bacon. Oh, steak is so Pork good. Pork chops? Hamoni mm. berico? So good. Which, like, I don't understand how what I like... What did you just say? Jamón Ibérico. It's oh, the... yep, I got it. I got the, there. Yeah. Those Spain's, like, prosciutto-esque, you know. I thought of. you said Pomón Ibérico. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, I've never heard of Pomón Ibérico, but okay, sure. That sounds delicious. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't understand how I, like... A lot of other meat, but not bacon. But you I don't. Know, it's I don't fine. either. It's we'll work on it. It's, it's fine. It's a mystery of the universe. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll get. We'll get you there. I don't know, but you know, we'll fit. That that's okay. <laughs> okay. So speaking of bacon, it's it's not a real segue. Like I thought I could pull something out of my hat, but I've got nothing. Um, okay. So speaking of bacon, uh, during that first fight scene. Uh-huh. Okay. So not even no. Okay. Let's rewind a little bit because I think it's in the first book in this duology. I think it's in King of Scars, where we find out that the, um, the, Ravkins have an antidote for Param. Param. Mm-hmm. And. So when you so I but what I thought it was was like if you took a dose like and you were actively had just taken it then you could take the antidote and it would be fine. I didn't realize that it was like a like a at least a reversal of the addiction like of right the yeah I had I was so confused mm-hmm. initially I was like 
what do they think they're doing? Like, why, how does that going to help anything? Right. Um, but it was pretty amazing to, like, see those transformations. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they were able to get people back. Especially for those Grisha who are, like, standing there facing people that they've grown up next to and, like, trained next to. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, oh, that was just... Before I knew that it was, like, a full reversal anecdote antidote um and before i knew that they had it with them um or like in that big of a quantity um Mm -hmm. i was like i don't know if i can read this like you know when they when they recognize um the first uh, the person the first person that they recognize and they're like um yeah, like, as soon yeah. as that happened, I was like, I don't know that I can keep, like, I... <laughs> yeah, just, like, the, the setup of the battle, like, as they continue to describe what's happening, and then you get that with, yeah. like, the the drugged Grisha come out, and you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, there's because no we way also know Because can... we also know that there's, like, no limit to, like, what the drugged Grisha can do, either, like... Mm-hmm. Which is just not fair. Like, it's just not. Like, (laughs) so thank goodness they had the antidote um, and that it works that way. Yeah. So, so thanks, Lee Bardugo, for thinking of that. (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, Sincerely, my heart and emotions. Um, So. Shortly after that, we go back to, or actually, I think also kind of slash right in the middle of all of that. But like, um, we we switch back to Nina, uh huh, and this is when we fi- finally find out that the well mother, because it of course her chapter ends with the well mother being like, "Hello, Nina," and then it switches, and then you're like, "Huh." <gasps> Right, mm-hmm. um, right. And then I love how, like, before she finds out, and she's like, she's like, no, no, it's Mila, like, close, but you misheard my name, right? And then she's like, mm-hmm. and the one mother's like, come on. Um, but then she, um, um. She has been a spy. In Fjorda for 13 years. I wouldn't be able to do it. No. Like, I mean, granted, there were definitely, there were multiple years where I wanted to be a spy. Like, I wanted that to be, that was, like, dream job. Um, Mostly because of covert affairs and mm. how Piper character got to wear um i will be honest i don't know that i can see you as a spy (laughs) nope no that's the thing is like i would make a terrible spy i I love you to death skills for being a spy i'm not subtle i'm super clumsy Mm -hmm. i um am not great in all social situations you know it's just i yes me and spy don't go it doesn't Mm. work doesn't go together um, but even though I, like, thought it would be so cool and wanted to be one and watched, like, all the spy shows and everything, and I was like, yes, this is gonna be me. 
that still sounds terrible. Like, 13 years undercover. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah, I just, I remember, like, and, like, not even 13 years undercover, but 13 years undercover as something that the entirety of the country that you're undercover in is seeking to kill and torture and, like, right? Like, so, like, not only is she undercover for 13 years away from her home country, but also as a Grisha in Fjorda. Like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Ugh, Pretty was, impressive. Yeah, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Right? Please yeah, don't sign me up. <laughs> yeah. We have established that I would make a terrible spy, so don't put me <laughs> in that situation. Um, uh, so then, and then quickly after that, Hana decides mm-hmm. that the best thing to do to try to get close to Demidov is to join Heartwood. Yeah, they're like um, se- basically like their season to get. Yeah, like their debutante um, season is what I kind mm-hmm. of associated it with. Yeah. Um, but I, so after that, I had a moment, or there was a, I didn't just get there by myself. Um, Nina is talking to Hannah about deciding to do this. And I had this moment where I was like, I wonder. If Hana is transgendered or this world's version of transgendered, because Nina's talking to her about how she's going to have to be in these dresses and she's going to have to be the epitome of femininity, femininity. That's a hard word to say. Um, And um, Hana says something that um, I was like, um let's see here um oh so hannah says do you know the only time i felt beautiful and oh right right, and nina goes when and then hannah says when i tailored myself to look like a soldier and when we cut off all of my hair um and, she, and Nina says, but you didn't look like you. And Hannah said, but I did. Like, for the first time, I really felt like I looked like how I felt, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, and it was the first time and the only time that I've ever felt that way. And so I had this moment where I was like, so of course, like, they probably don't have the word transgendered in this world, but that's... And as someone who who is not transgendered, that's what I imagine that that would feel like. I, of course, don't no. Um, yeah. But, and, and, at found... the, and at the, but like also like maybe not transgendered, but wanted to be masculine presenting or like anything like that. But I was definitely like, huh. And then it kind of turns out that maybe I was right. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I. We have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to make the assumption, but she's like, at least non-binary right like in that she doesn't associate but she liked how she looked as a man and that was the only time she felt beautiful was when she had tailored herself to look like a man right so yeah i don't i don't know what 
her gender identity is. Well, of course, right. None We don't. But, like, that's right. why I was, like... But this is the first time, like, this book is the first time that I've ever encountered, like, a fictional character like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like... I can't say, again, that I know how it feels because I'm not transgender. I, I don't right. know what it's like to not connect with and understand the, the gender that has been placed on me by society and not feel that that fits me. Yeah. Um, so it was very interesting and eye-opening to read about it. Yeah. In In a fictional world where it's easier to, like connect with the feelings and Mm -hmm. thoughts of people Mm -hmm. sometimes than it is to connect with real people, right? Because you get so much more insight as a reader than you do sometimes on a daily basis just with, you know, human interaction. So I thought that was really cool that she put that in her books. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And especially a young adult book to see that representation. Um, I mean, I don't know if... I'm hoping that it's an accurate enough representation. Right. That it's, you know, like a a positive experience. Right. Um, Absolutely. I can't say I I know, but I thought, yeah, I... um, Like, I was still taken by surprise at the end because like you I picked up on like that point and then there was another much later in the book where she said something again about her appearance I don't remember if it was like she doesn't like to look in mirrors or something like there were multiple little hints Mm -hmm. that like she wasn't comfortable in her own skin when she was talking about being at the convent they didn't have mirrors so she didn't have to look at herself right right And so, like, I didn't put it all together until, Mm -hmm. like, the end that she may be transgender or something. Masculine Um, presenting or whatever. Yeah. Um, But it was very interesting to, like, see that. Yeah. And what I also loved about this, and of course it, it, of course, helped that they love each other, but, like, Nina didn't question it she didn't but she reassured her and she was like well let me tell you no matter what right long hair short hair whatever you're wearing you're beautiful um and then I I love this little part because then Hannah was like do you mean it and she was like of course I do and then Hannah's like I've never seen your real face do you miss it and Nina was like Yeah, like, because at first, like, she missed, like, she wouldn't even recognize herself, right, when she looked in mirrors. And then she has this moment where she's like, the longer she's played Mila, the easier it has become. Um, And then she goes, I'm beginning to forget what I looked like, but trust me, I was gorgeous. (laughs) And I was like, oh, Nina. (laughs) I know. I thought that was such a, a beautiful thing that Nina loved her no matter. Yeah what gender she was though mm-hmm. I wonder how realistic that is like I I would hope that like love is love but at the same time straight people 
are attracted to people of the opposite sex. Well, that's Gay the thing, people though. are attracted to people of of the same yeah. sex, right? So if you find out all of a sudden that the person that you're in love with actually identifies as a different, like, gender than yeah. what you're attracted to, like, what does that do to the relationship? And is it yeah. still... I think in some cases, you know? I think in some cases it doesn't matter, right? Like, I think in some cases it's... And I could hope that in all cases it wouldn't matter, um, but... I think that would be a little foolish to assume that in every instance where that would happen or could happen, um, that it works out well, but you can hope that it does. Um, but, and the thing is, is like, so clearly Nina is not straight, right? So like at the very least, I think she would be considered bisexual, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, and I'm not up to date with all of my, terminology so I could be wrong but I think this might qualify the fact that she doesn't care which gender Hannah identifies as I think that would qualify Nina as pansexual so she mm-hmm. so she um but I don't know if, if it does like is it if because if if it's only this one circumstance maybe she is bisexual but it doesn't matter in Hannah's case or maybe it right. does like so I don't because we don't get enough of, like, her history with who she's been in love. You know, like, we know Matthias and we know Hannah. Mm-hmm. And so it could be that she's bisexual, but in Hannah's case it doesn't matter. Maybe she is pansexual. Maybe there's another term that I don't know. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just loved that it was just sort of, like... For, at least for Nina. It was, like, great. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. Be yeah. who you need to be, and I'll be here loving you. And I was like, <laughs> and so I was, yeah. I know. You're I so know. amazing. I so love beautiful. you so much. Yeah. So this was an instance where my like first thought was so off. Um, and I think. Oh, is this the thing where my... you were like, this doesn't make sense? Okay, I want to know yeah, about so, your. It doesn't so make I think sense. both of my inklings that I had, I realized there was another one surround the prince and so rasmus yeah rasmus so um we find out that accidentally hana kills him but then tailors them both so that she becomes prince rasmus and it looks like hana fell right and died that way right um, and so at first, obviously, you think Hannah's dead, and it's freaking terrible, especially I, since Matthias you're getting died. it from you're getting it from Nina's perspective, and yeah. so, you, so yes, you're getting all of this stuff about. No, um, I put the book down was, and I walked away, and I was like, I don't. I did go back to it, but I was like, I don't want to keep reading. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. I I had a similar moment. Um. Though I didn't put it down. I, I kept reading. I was like, I need to... No, this can't be happening. I was like, my poor Nina. Like, I just want her to be happy. And like... Yeah. Oh, okay. But continue. Oh, so okay. you had a thought. So, right. So then... Whatever their first interaction of, like, the prince... Like, something just seemed a little bit off. That okay. I was like, wait. 
did Hana somehow like inhabit his body? No, okay. there's nothing in this universe that says that like that's a possibility. Well, that, I mean, like, yes, there is. Like she jumped her soul and person into another person's body and just took yeah. it. Well, I mean, I guess with the Darkling, that kind right. of actually did happen. I know that's what I was saying. Oh, okay. So maybe I like I, I thought it was pretty far fetched. Um, but maybe it's not as far fetched because especially when you find out what actually happened that she tailored both of them. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh God, Alex, you were so off <laughs> off base there. Um. But I guess, yeah, that is true that it kind of happened in this world already. Um, but do you want to know the first time I got it super wrong about Prince Rasmus? Yeah. Um, so when we first get introduced to him, you get this description. <gasps> I, wonder if, of... I wonder if you had the same thought I did. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. I feel like probably not, but we'll find out. Yeah. Um, Go. Talk. talk. I want to (laughs) know. Okay. So we find out that he's been like sick his entire life Mm -hmm. and he, Mm -hmm. you know, is super weak and Mm -hmm. can't participate a lot. And so Mm -hmm. my first thought was like, oh my God, he's Grisha and Mm -hmm. he is sick because he's not using his powers because he's hiding because Uh he's terrified. Literally, I wrote... What if Rasmus is sickly because he's Grisha and not using his powers like Alina? Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. So, turns out that that's not the case at all. At least we that we both. know of. Like, maybe he was also that, you know? I think we were completely wrong. Um, but I, so wonder, I wonder if she I like she to did think it. that we were right, and that's that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder if she did it on purpose to, like, make us because we know Alina's story. We've right. read books from her perspective. Yeah. And we paralleled the two situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That she basically just tricked the readers oh, I'm into, sure she did. you know, going in one direction. Based off of all of the tricks that she pulls in these books, I'm positive she did. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I had the exact same thought. Um, um, yeah, too bad we were wrong and he wasn't a benevolent Grisha who wanted to change. Well, I didn't say he was, I didn't say he was a benevolent Grisha. All I said was, what if he's Grisha and he just has been denying himself that part of it. I was really Mm -hmm. back and forth about like, if I thought he was benevolent, if I didn't think he was benevolent, like... Was he going to help them? Was he not going to help them? Um, uh, yeah, no. But as soon... Okay, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You can finish. I was going to say, as soon as he um, hurt... Was it Joran? Joran, Is that yeah. his name? Um, I was like, nope. Nope, he's done. Did There's... you see that coming? <gasps> no, no. I was so shocked. And can I tell you? The oh bloodthirsty part of me that only comes out when I read books and, like, watch TV and stuff like that. I was like, kill him. Now. Off with his head. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want him dead. Like, and they were like, he's 16. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm on his head, on a plate. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm done. Oh. By the end of it, I kind of came around and I'm okay with him. But, like, I'm still... A part of me is still a little bit like, <sighs> can he still kind of suffer a little bit? 
right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can see that he is suffering, though. Well, not anymore. He knows that it's not the real Rasmus, and he's not going to be tortured. and Right, but I'm saying, like, when he was the personal bodyguard of the prince, when right. the prince was actually the prince, right. he... And also feeling, you know, guilty and terrible about himself for the decision that yeah. he made. I did, I did like that he had already come to the, dis- like, realization that he had been wrong. And so, like, yes, like, logically and all that shit, like, that's fine. But also I'm like, nah, I just want you dead. Um, Bloodthirsty. So speaking of other things that I didn't see coming, that whole scene in the... I thought it was in the stable, but I guess it was, like, on the front steps of the palace with Aerie and the Tavagard. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I... Insane. Did not see that coming. Um, I don't really know how we could have seen it coming, um, so that makes me feel a little bit better that, like... Well, I mean, I guess the fact that, like, we know that her sister wanted to kill her... Yeah. That we I should guess have I anticipated just... another attempt on her life. Well, I did anticipate another, like, that it wasn't over. I guess I shouldn't say another attempt on her life. But I was like, this can't be the end of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but I did not see that coming at all. Um, I'm so glad that he, he being Nikolai, was able to save Aerie. Uh, okay, first of all. I should rephrase that, was able to get her mostly away from the flames and then that his Grisha were able to save her. Right, um, right, yeah. Uh, but Isn't also, that convenient that Grisha can just heal burns like we cannot do in our human world? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great to have that? Yeah, there's a lot of things that being Grisha would definitely be very helpful for. Um, like, oh, I'm too hot outside. Oh, here's a nice breeze. Ooh, <laughs> you know? Like, how many times in the Midwest are we like, if this breeze would just keep up, it would be so nice outside. Like, that would be so nice. Also, oh, you don't want this snowstorm to dump 12 feet of snow? (laughs) Apparently, I have to make the sound effects when I'm Uh Grisha. So I'd just be like, and then it would go away. Or, or, you know, you're in school and you want a snow day. And so instead of, you know. bring the snow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of what what did we do? I distinctly remember doing dances to the snow gods out in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. I think there's something about, like, what you wear your PJs inside out or, like, put a spoon under your pillow or something. I don't know anything about that. But Okay. But um, after this attempt on Aerie's life, Nikolai is also seriously injured because he, being the brave, dumb king that he is, sticks his arms straight into this fire to grab her and pull her out. Um, and... Um, he gets really sick. He gets healed. Zoya goes to visit him, right? And he's, like, drunk on his... Not, like, alcohol drunk, but he's, like, drunk on the healing dra- draft. And that beautiful part at the end where he's, like... She's leaving, and he's, like, don't go. And she's, like, I have to take a bath because I smell like a forest fire. And he's, like, you smell like wildflowers. You always do. Which... 
I'm literally just now realizing is foreshadowing. She smells like flowers because she gardens. I literally just had that yes. realization too. I literally, as soon as I read it out loud, I was like, oh. <laughs> um, and then he says, what can I do to make you stay? And she has this moment where she's like, you know, it's oh, that angst was so deliciously awful. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, you know, tell me that it's more than war and worry that makes you feel this way, that you really mean it, that you love me and blah, 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 blah. Um, like, would you feel Sidelpha the same way if you weren't my king and I weren't your general, blah, blah, blah. And then she kisses his forehead and then she goes, I would stay forever if I could. And then leaves. But I like <laughs> full on sobbed I was like (laughs) because it's another one of those things where I'm like so Nina appears to be moving towards happiness with Hannah at like very steadily at this point in in her part of the book and so I'm like okay one of my three babies is happy-ish I mean as happy as she can be undercover where she could be killed at any moment um (laughs) and then it's a fragile existence Right. And I this feels really weird to say because I'm like, I consider both Nikolai and Zoya also my babies, but I also wanted them to like get together. So like it feels weird. But I wanted my other two babies to be happy and they weren't happy. <laughs> and I just apparently lost it. I sobbed. And I was like, I was like, I think I was also coming to terms with the fact like I was only 112 pages into this almost 600 page book and I had decided that I knew that they were never going to get together so I think that was also part of it because I was like oh yeah it's never gonna happen and it's oh my gosh their their relationship the amount of times where they were thinking one thing but then said the opposite Mm -hmm. to the other person because they thought that that was the right thing to do yeah um that happens all the time it's such a trope it boggles my mind. It makes me so angsty. But I also <laughs> love it. Like, it's all of those things, but I also love to read it. Like, because, like, would the them coming together be as wonderful if there wasn't all of that back and forth and angst and pain and... You know, like, maybe. I don't know. I think skipping pain sometimes is probably good. <laughs> well, yeah. But, like, <laughs> in a book, it's, you know, everybody's got to yeah, have pain. Yeah, you, you have to have conflict. Otherwise, right. it's not interesting. So, um, yeah, but thank goodness they got together. Though I totally, speaking of not seeing things coming, I had no idea that that's what Nikolai was going to say. Did you, that he was going to be like, and Zoya should be our queen. No, but of course he did. Of course he did. And like, I even have this. Um, and he's like, and Zoya as my queen. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I know, but like, how great uh-huh. a solution. Like, how amazing, like, thinking on your feet. And then they can actually be together actually, and oh, sorry, he continue. can still be by her side in terms of, like, helping her rule while mm-hmm. also, like, being her husband and then yeah. having a relationship. I was just like, 
Yes. Yes. I loved it so much. And it was so, like, purely Nikolai. Like, I was just like, of course you did. Um, Yeah. The the only thing that makes me really sad, though, is that she's going to live a long life and he's... Well, he might, too. Remember that? Because they were saying... um, Because they said something at the end that made me think and then decide that this was fact. Um, But they said something at the end where they were like... The demon might make you live longer, but it's not a guarantee or something like that. Oh, I and totally so, forgot about that. Um, I decided that that, that is that happen. that's fact. Um, okay, okay. So, I'll I can live with that. I'm I'm yeah. cool with that. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I've decided. That sounds is that, good to me. Um, because yeah, they said it was like one of the monks afterwards. They were like Zoya, you'll live. You know for as long as you live because you're a Grisha and they live longer if they if they are brutally murdered or whatever um but and then they were like and Nikolai the demon might do the same thing for you but there's no guarantee like you need mm-hmm. to understand that and he's like great I'll take what time I can get and so I just officially decide and that's okay. apparently how he talks in my head yeah um <laughs> you sounded like Amanda Bynes and she's the man <laughs> I got a lifetime of knowledge. Um, okay. So, why do I have as my queen with a bunch of capital letters and exclamation points? And then I just, right afterwards, it just says, Zoya, no. Do you know what I meant by that? Uh, I can't help you out with that one. No. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know if it was, like, the next... Because, of course, that's the one I didn't put a page number after. So I'm like... Ellen, what are you even thinking? Right, like, was it right after? Was it uh-huh. a long time after? Was it... I don't know. I do not know. I do not know. Wait. Okay, so I'm actually... I got the wrong part is the first step oh it was right afterwards so it's the part that i'm the as my queen is when nikolai is laying in the um they've gone to ketterdam they've gotten oh and he's laying there and she's like how would you have me stay and he says as my queen and then it is right afterwards because she's like she shuts it down and then i was like no (laughs) But that's the thing is we should have seen it coming because there was a decent amount of foreshadowing in this book and apparently the other book because I guess Juro, no, Juris. what's his name? Juris, thank you. Yeah. Um, but of course the way that we were like seeing that. it, the way we were seeing it was like, why don't you, like for me, of course, it was like, why aren't you going to marry him and be his queen? Right. Yeah. Like, so that doesn't necessarily mean we should have seen him being like all hail the dragon queen. And I literally wrote. At that point, which is what I thought we were talking about as a quick second, um, it was when he was like, I'll hail the dragon queen. And I literally wrote, Nikolai, you sly bastard. And I was like, uh-huh. and then in parentheses, <laughs> I went, literally. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so funny. I'm so funny. Um, oh, my gosh. That's amazing. So I... Um, so when I was just thinking about this, I that final battle scene was definitely my favorite part. Mm-hmm. But 
a good close contender <laughs> is the brilliant madness that was Kaz and Nikolai working together. <laughs> oh my like, gosh, that was so fun I, to see those characters again. Were you like when there was even the inkling of the possibility that we would see some of them again, were you just like so yeah. excited? And Jesper and Wylan, we got to see them. And then and then I was so sad because we were seeing almost all of them because no Matthias. And then I was like, oh, and we won't be able to see Inej. And then she fucking showed up at the end. And I was like. <laughs> I know. Oh, I my know. gosh. I was so excited when she showed up. And when when she, like, saw Alina and she was like, wait, why is her head? And then Zoya was like, oh, she's just a friend from the country. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> she's like, don't. What are you talking about? Um. Ooh, but yeah, yeah, I was just like, that was, I loved it. And especially seeing Inej at the end there um, helped soothe my soul a little bit because twice in this book, Zoya mentions, um, so it happens when Zoya returns Nina to the Fjordans after being the like when she's the dragon right and she returns her to them and as nina is going back off zoya has this moment where she's like um um she's like i don't know like she zoya couldn't say if she would ever see nina again but then and, that happens again at the wedding. One I of know. them thinks it's the final time they'll see the other. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, Ellen, are you okay? Are you surviving? No, I understand Ellen was not okay. Because this because is terrible. I hate, you know I hate this. And I. it's not that I want either of them to be dead either, because I don't. But I detest when friends and really close friends and people who have gone through shit and like a whole steaming pile of it right are then alive in a world i'm gonna start crying again and they don't get to see each other ever again and i'm not okay with that and i'm very upset i'm trying to move through the tears and not just fully sob here on the on the podcast yet again Uh um but and because we also had then have that moment right so so in the first time it happens I had this thought, and I had already had this thought, so we're going to backtrack, and we're going to wind our way back, and it's all going to make sense. So when Mm -hmm. Nina and Hannah kissed each other for the first time, and they were making plans to run away together, I had this moment where I was like, something's going to happen to one or both of them, and that's not going to work out, because we're only two-thirds of the way through this book, and unfortunately, there's too much book left (laughs) for that to be what happens with them. And then they had this moment, right, when Zoya drops her back off and she's going to find Hana, even though we know something has already happened because Hana has already left with Prince Rasmus, but we don't know anything about mm-hmm. dead bodies or anything yet. And um, so I already when she went off with him, I was like, well, shit, something's going to happen there, right? And then Zoya has this thought where she's like, <laughs> she has this thought where she's like, um, 
it says, Zoya wondered if she would ever see Nina Zanek again. And Ellen flat out went into a, like a cold sweat and panicked and was like, no, they need to see each other again. Like, I can't, I can't do this again. (laughs) And then, um, I had this thought where I was like, I don't care what happens. Nina needs to come home to Ravka. Oh. So then my utter horror at the fact that shortly after that, Nina comes upon what we all think is the actual dead body of Hanna. And of course, I'm like, I did it. I caused this to happen. Oh, my God. Because I literally said, I don't care what happens. And in my head, I also had thought that Hanna would come with her. Right. Right. But like, right. In my panic, but then you were like, "Oh my god, I caused Hannah to die because this is the only way that she's going to go back." And so then I'm like full on sobbing. I'm like, "My poor Nina, poor Hannah." Like, and then after we find out that she didn't actually die, I had this moment where I was like, "Ellen, how many times have you sat down and looked at Alex and said they're not going to kill a major character off the page?" And then you fell for it. Like, (laughs) right? Like, I was like, Mm, Ellen. mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was very glad that she was not actually dead. Um, But yeah, and then when Zoya had that thought the second time, I was like, she says she knew Nina wouldn't return to them, at least not for a long time. And I lost it again. And I was like, no. (laughs) No. Like, yeah, that at that point, because um, when the when she thinks it the first time, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's sad. Ellen's probably upset. Yeah. Um, but then the second time when she thought it at the wedding, yeah. it just like hit me. You mean the coronation? Yes, that's okay. what I meant. Coronation. I was yes. like, did I miss a wedding there? at the end of it? No, like... <laughs> no. Apparently I'm projecting my wants um, you know, onto the book. There will be a wedding. Yeah, but um, for some reason, that one hit me super hard. And I was like, oh, my God, I know. I know what Ellen feels now. It's terrible. Yeah, I'm not okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the whole idea of two Grishas ruling Firda. It's amazing. I'm so excited for that part of it. Um, And I just... So I've decided that they're uh-huh. definitely going to see each other all the time. Like, oh, okay. Nikolai has flying ships for fuck's sake. Like, they're going to have like Friday night dinners mm-hmm. with the two ruling kingdoms. Like, it's just going to be fine. Sure. Because I can't, <laughs> I can't live in a world where that's not true. That's <laughs> oh, a quick side note. Um, okay, so speaking of Fyrda now being. Ravka's ally. Uh, we have to talk about the shoe um, and everything that happened. Yeah. Um, okay, before we transition to the shoe. No! I did want to talk about the ending with Mila and Hana or Nina and Hana, or I guess Mila and Prince Rasmus, yeah. Hana and Nina. Um, did you think it was really dumb that they had Mila marry or, like, start being involved with the prince? Because she's older, she's widowed, he's 
younger, it makes no sense for them to be together. Well, she's not, and like, ancient. Like, she's, 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 she's still described as being, she's, like, a young widow, like, but she's, like, early 20s. Yeah, but even so, like, Hana has the ability to tailor. She literally could have, like, tailored Nina and they could have made her whomever, and she right. could have, like, come in, and I don't know. To me, it just made more sense for them to have created a story and a persona for Nina that better fit her personality so that she could be more of who she was. Yeah. As well as then made more sense uh, politically yeah. for, I like, just wanted, the stability I was, of the country. I was a little bit sad that Nina was going to have to stay in her Mila like, I wanted her to be herself again, you know? like That too, yeah. So you know. whether they could have tailored her back to being herself because who remembers her from being herself right. or, like, who actually saw her like that um, or tailored her to be someone else. But, yeah, I was kind of yeah. upset that she ended up in that body still. Yeah. Um. Okay. Quick rewind also. My note when Hannah went off with Rasmus is something is going to happen with Hannah and I'm so fucking angry and nervous and I don't know what to do (laughs) because I didn't like I because I knew something was going to happen. I didn't know what, of course, and I certainly didn't know that this was what was going to happen. But I was like, I felt, again, so useless. Like, I was just like, I just need to know what to do and how to help and, like, what's going on and, like, I can't. And, Hannah, what the hell are you doing? Don't you dare go with him. You know he's off his rocker. Like, no. Um, Quick also, going back to Ketterdam, how sweet was it that he renamed the Emerald whatever the Silver Six? And I was like... Mm-hmm. I, know. Um, I know also um jesper and wylan i love that they like live together and they're just like all happy and so stinking cute and i just loved it so much and i'm ready for all the books to come of just them all just hanging out and n- nobody dying um mm-hmm. um but i liked when Jasper was like, is it illegal? And Wylan was like, we don't do illegal anymore. And Jasper's <laughs> like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> he's like, I kind of like illegal. <laughs> yeah. They're um, adorable. Uh, yeah. I loved that. <laughs> Just. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you wanted, you wanted to talk about the shoe. Yeah. So like, I had this moment after they got there and we found out that they had set up a contingency plan, thankfully, and the grandma shows up, right? And she, and I had this moment where I was like, heck yeah, grandma, I love you. And then by the end of that, a whole situation when we find out that she's made a deal with the Fjordans and all of that shit, I was like, well, fuck you, grandma Taban, Taban, however you're supposed to pronounce it. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, that went really i i really liked you so really i don't like you anymore and that happened real quickly (laughs) right but then you find out that like she's not as good as you thought she initially was but not as bad as you then thought she was because they were diplomatically 
telling all of them that they could leave and go to Ravka, even though they were forbidding them to go fight because... Oh, I didn't see it that way. I thought that they just went rogue. That's why they had to disappear. No, don't you remember that Aerie literally told them, like, remember, you don't exist, so therefore... Right, but I didn't think the grandma was involved in that. I thought that was just Aerie doing that herself. Oh, no, I assumed that was coming from the grandma. Oh, I, I don't... I don't think so, but maybe, but I don't oh, think so. Oh, interesting. Okay. I thought it was just airy acting oh, alone. Oh, yeah. interesting. Huh. Um, okay. Can we talk about Nikolai and his demon for a second? Yes. Um, just so- one second, though, so... Pick your words wisely. Oh, well, too late because we've already passed that point. <laughs> um, so am I understanding this correctly that in the previous book, like when the demon came out, he basically like transformed into the demon. Yes. But then after the, the failed, bio. yeah, oh, yeah, that now his demon like separates from Correct. him yes. okay they're okay, two okay. separate entities okay um it took me a while to understand what was happening with that uh. i have to admit that i was very confused by that and i think it was finally in the last battle actually when i fully understood yeah i think that's where they most clearly stated but like in the one where um he sends him to look at the or to um scare the feardens back that was also for sure when I knew that they were two separate things. Like, I was pretty sure that they were up until that point, but that was, like, my real um, confirmation that they were two separate yeah, things. Yeah, I don't think I either I just, like, glossed over it, forgot about it, or didn't realize in that first battle, or yeah. not the first battle, but in the bombing when he yeah. goes and attacks the planes, I didn't realize that he didn't go his right. demon went i thought it was like them together got it yeah um i lo- okay S- to go back to that they're so brilliant to go back to that final battle right like i <sighs> that scene when they come to the port and it- zoya and her squalors are waiting there for them and they like fry them in the water like <sighs> But then what I loved is that Nina has this moment where, because, like, Zoya, like, turns around and just, like, walks away. Like, she doesn't look back. And Nina, who's up in the um, Leviathan mouth, um, is, like, she has this thought that just, like, it gave me chills. Because she was, like, um, she said Zoya and her squalors had finished speaking. And I was, like, fuck yeah, they have. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just, like, I just... Like, but for him to, like, him being Nikolai, to, like, uh-huh. know that they were probably going to attack on two fronts, and to put so much faith in the fact that they could paint cardboard cutouts of tanks and make it look like <laughs> the army was actually there, and that it worked, right? right? Like, I just... I know. It was such brilliant tactician work. I know. Yet again, them. why I couldn't I couldn't be a ruler yeah. or a right. Spy. Granted, it, it wasn't enough 
to win. Like, they were very lucky that Tamar and Mayu and the Kerr guard, as well as then Zoya becoming a dragon, helped them out in the battle. Because no matter how great that strategy was, and, like, you were like, oh, they have a chance, this is awesome. Like, after... Zoya and her squalors like easily defeat that first front. You're like, oh, okay, we got this. Yeah. And then you go into the other phase of the battle and it just all goes to shit. And you're like, all right, I guess I was feeling a little too comfortable here. Right. Because it not only does it go to shit, but like they've got these new fancy helmet masks that, and they get to like, like use magic to like make everybody not be able to stand the sound of things. And, like, it just, uh, it was crazy. Um, Yeah. yeah. So many things I did not see. So, okay. I, um, I loved so much, right? So, okay. This is totally jumping ship. I'm so bad at staying on topic. I'm sorry. We've been jumping all over the place in this episode (laughs) today. So, in Fyrda... Right? There's the Ice Palace. And, like, the Druskel part of it, like, not only is the Ice Palace itself supposed to be really impenetrable, um, but the Druskel part of it is supposed to be, like, super impenetrable. And mm. I love that Hana and Nina were just like, and we're in. <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> I was like, leave it to, this is generalizing, of course, but, like, leave it to men to be, like, this is impenetrable. And for two women to be, like, and we're in. Like, yep. <laughs> nice mm-hmm. try. <laughs> like, so great. Um, but oh I loved God. when Hannah was, like, are you ready to, like, be lowered in on this thing? And Nina was, like, to be lowered, like, a sack of flour into the heart of, like, witch hunter land. Um, and then Hannah goes... <laughs> This is your idea. Like, we can still turn around. And then Nina, in her pure, perfect Nina glory, goes, do not second guess the sack of flour. The sack of flour is wise beyond her years. <laughs> and I was like, um, you're so fun. Like, you're so brilliant mm-hmm. and so funny. But then I so know. she gets in there and Magnus Opier is gone. And then not only is he gone, but then she runs into Joran. Mm-hmm. And not only does she run into Joran, but he's praying at an altar to the saints. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it was like one thing after another that I was like, what? Oh, what? I know. What? Like, <laughs> this book was just constantly keeping you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, right. And that's I the think thing. even more so than her other books. I think there were, there's have always been those huge, I didn't see that coming moments. Yeah. But I think... This one was just sprinkled with so many other, or was it just that the stakes were so much higher for all of the little things? So, Mm. like, maybe it's not more, but like the stakes are like this is like the world scale versus like in Six of Crows. While it, of course, would have been awful for our characters in it, it wasn't like the whole world, you know, like right. Okay, maybe that. Yeah. Or maybe both. Like, I don't really know. <laughs> um, but that's what I really, I really started liking Joran. So that was why his, the revelation that he was the one who killed Matthias was extra bad. Because, like, he mm. kept her secret, she kept his secret. And I was like, ooh, maybe they've got a new ally. And then I was like, no. 
Ugh, so terrible. Death. I know. So speaking of things that we totally didn't see coming, did you think that Nikolai was going to his wedding day? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course I did. And I was so sad and I was so like heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And then and then I even have a note that I was like only Nikolai would stage a fake wedding for himself to actually give a wedding to Genya and David. Oh my god. <sighs> David. I So heartbreaking. I so like you, I read this book in two chunks. But what ha- but really we could say I read it in three chunks. I read it up until the point where the Darkling wanted or asked to see Alina and Zoya left with him. And then I stopped for a little while. And then I read literally like the meeting, the fake wedding, and then David dying. Um and then I put it down and I couldn't pick it up for a long time because I literally have a note that says, if David is dead, I will riot, right? And that's at the part where Nikolai comes upon Genya and she's like, <laughs> and she's like, I can't find David. Um, I'm yeah. laughing because Alex dropped her phone again, not because David's dead. I'm still really sad about that. Um, I have too but... many cords. It's a problem. <laughs> um, I was like, I will riot. And then the next chapter about them is them burning David's body. Oh, and God. Because you, you think that there's, like, you're like, no, he can't be. No. They're just, especially not on his wedding day. It. Yeah. Especially not yeah. on his wedding day. Like, no. And I was, I, it literally, like, it opens and it was like, David's body. And I slammed my book shut. And I set it down and I did not pick it up. Until I picked it up to finish. Like, I was, I was like, I I can't. I was like, not David. Like, not sweet David. Genya has been through far too much already. Like, how dare you? And then, so what I didn't realize, though, is that when Grisha die, they take their ashes and they make them bricks. And they put the bricks, or I didn't remember, I should say, because I think they do actually talk about it in, like, the first trilogy, that uh-huh. the it's built out of all of the Grisha who were there before or whatever. Um, but I completely forgot about that. And I thought it was both horribly disturbing and beautiful. Like, because, <laughs> like, on one side, it is beautiful. Like, they the Grisha who came before get to be with the new generation of Grisha. And I'm like, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The not-so-beautiful part is, like, I'm sitting in a classroom literally built with bricks made out of dead people you know like, yeah that's uh-huh. a little that's, that's a little mm, less beautiful that's pretty <laughs> gross <laughs> um yeah but yeah mm. i was just i i was mm-hmm. so mad Be- and i was so mad and this is like the last sort of big thing that i want to talk about is I was so mad that somebody like David dies and the fucking Darkling gets to come back to life. He gets to have a fucking redemption arc, like, well, partial redemption arc, like first steps of redemption first steps. And a person like fucking David dies. I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no. (laughs) And I'm 
I don't know how I feel now that I finished the book about the Darkling. Like, because I still want to, like, hate him because he's done a bunch of horrible stuff. But I'm also, like, a person who, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for a redemption. Like, honestly, I don't think it redeemed him at all. My feelings did not change at all. I don't understand how people love him and how there's, like, oh, I don't get that all those all. fans that are like, you, Darkling. Uh,. I mean, don't think in the he TV show he's played like, by it's... he's played by Ben Barnes in the TV show, and I'm like, okay, maybe I can, <laughs> I can, I can be okay with that at least. No, mm. I don't, I don't love him either, but I, um, I guess I don't hate him as much. I still don't like him. Oh no, I still hate him just as much. Yeah. Well, I think mostly I'm just intrigued to see if there's going to be... I hope there's more books. It certainly seems like there might be more books. Yeah, definitely until that final chapter where all all of a sudden Soya's like, so, hey, just a heads up, I think we can't let the Darkling stay as he is because it's gonna, you know, epic bad things are gonna happen and there was a riddle and I think this is, I've been having nightmares and you're like, wait, what? Right. um, Wait, no, what? We just, we closed everything. A lot of things were tied in bows. Like, it seemed like this could have been, like, a good, like, ending to a series. Mm Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that gets thrown in there. And it yeah. almost felt like an afterthought to me. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you had that I feeling I felt like too, it was where... a setup. I felt like it was a setup for something. Well, I mean, it was definitely a setup to be able to write more books. Oh. But to me, it almost felt like the afterthought of, oh, I want to continue writing instead oh. of like tying everything up. I'm just going to sprinkled this random thing in here. I felt like it was more like I want everyone to have reunions and sort of happy endings and hope and then also to be continued. You know, like was sort of how I felt Mm -hmm. it was. Um, Going back to the Darkling though, I, I think I had a little bit more I was a little more open to not hating him as much. Um, because of, at one point in the book, um, Tolia and Zoya have this conversation about villains. And um, because Zoya, Zoya is talking about, um, like, missiles and, like, wanting to get the biggest missiles mm-hmm. and whatever. And Tolia mm-hmm. says to her, um, or he's, yeah, he says, he's like, I know we're all angry and grieving. What the Fjordans did is unforgivable because they bombed the city. And he says, but, and then Boya, Boya, and then Zoya's like, but, and he says, what we do next will determine not only what kind of war this is, but what every war will look like after. Launching a rocket without ever needing to put a soldier or a pilot in harm's way, war is meant to have costs. At what point are we as bad as the Fjordans? And then she has this moment where she's like, this is a world where villains thrive, you know? And so I, um... And then, but he had this comeback, and he was like, "Do we have to become villains? Um, and where does it end, basically?" And so that's the that was sort of sitting there where I was like, "Where does it end?" And 
is the darkling at the end of him being like that was my only reason where I was like I used to hate you this much and now I hate you this much uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know like I don't like him but I'm intrigued to say the least and I'm intrigued that they all decided that he was worth saving yeah I none of his chapters where you got to see so much more of like his thought processes and he's yeah you know walking back through memories of why he made certain decisions and stuff like that um nope didn't didn't change my mind at all didn't endear him at all oh i didn't like the i didn't the chapters weren't what made me hate him less it was him starting the call for saint zoya and then him even though the reason behind him offering to hold the worlds together wasn't great. Like, he doesn't want to be forgotten. So that's why he decided he wanted to hold the worlds together. But, like, him still offering was like, okay, I guess I can hate you a smidge lot. You know, like, it was not his chapters that made me think differently about him. Um, it was his actions in other chapters Mm. or like when he showed up and was like, he showed up in the chamber to also agree to Zoya being queen. And like those little things where I was like, I'm hesitant (laughs) because we've learned time and again that we can't trust you, Mr. Darkling. Um, But maybe I hate you a smidge less. Interesting. Yeah. But then I was also thinking about, like, what is the end of your villain story, you know? Interesting. Yeah, so speaking of the Darkling, uh, I'm hoping you can help me out with this. So it's mentioned that he has a half-sister and multiple other, like, siblings or partial siblings. Are we supposed to know who they are? When does he say that? Uh, I don't remember, but he references his half-sibling as if we're supposed to know who this half-sister is. And I'm like, I have no clue what you're talking about. Oh, the only half-sister the only half-sister I can think of is Nikolai's. Yeah, no, it's the Darkling. And he's like, and he has multiple other siblings that he tried to, like, find throughout his life. And I was like... I thought it was just relatives. Because he knew that his mom's sister hadn't died. So I thought he was just looking for more bloodline. Mm. Because okay, maybe, as we... maybe that, but he definitely mentions a half-sister. Weird. And I was like, I don't remember that at all. Who is this? Um, yeah. Because hmm. then I wondered if it was one of the saints that, like, I didn't make a connection. Oh, sure. Because, yeah, so I don't know if. How happy were you to see those. Alina and Mal again? I was so happy. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And then I also was like, fuck. <laughs> of course he didn't want to just see them to catch up. Like, <laughs> when he, you know, got the blood and got his powers oh, back. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Immediately I was like, fuck. Of course he didn't want to just see Alina. Like. <laughs> For old time's sake. I know. I'm like, I'm, I'm such an idiot. Of course he wasn't just I know. Like, I totally fell for it, too. At first, I was like, this has to be a trap. It's going to be a trap. And then somehow along the way, 
before, like, as they were journeying to get there or yeah. something, I somehow grew complacent. Yeah. yeah. I just... Mm-hmm. Fuck. Well. <laughs> whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. So, how about you? Nope. So, that was Rule of Wolves, the last so far, hopefully so far, of the Grisha verse. Um, join us next week and we will do our um, King of Scars duology series wrap. Um, as always, you can find us on um, social media. We're on Twitter at UPM Pod Official. We're on Instagram at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. And of course, as always, you can email us at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.